This is the business of pleasure. I live life to enjoy it, and I don't really care what anybody has to say. I come from a family of strong women, and you know, I mean, I just, that's what I know. Because we're scared to talk about it. That is so crazy to me, because at the end of the day, everybody's doing it. People need to stop being so hush-hush about everything right. and so shy about everything. Welcome to our podcast, a weekly discussion with people who are in the business of pleasure. Brought to you by Bedroom Candy, a sexual health and wellness company. Once a week, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the sexual health industry, entrepreneurship, relationships, and empowerment. Join me, Nadine Thompson, president of Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties, on this journey of self-discovery as we wash away age-old stigmas about sexuality, self-love, and to learn about the lives of the people that make their living in the business of pleasure. Welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure. This week, I am really excited to interview um, a fabulous woman, Cynthia Jowers, who describes herself as author, poet, and healer. So we'll be chatting with Cynthia today. She is really an amazing woman and has written a book. So we want to talk about her book this week. And I'll start off by... um, reading her bio and introducing her. But before I do that, Cynthia, welcome to the Business of Pleasure. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. What part of the country are you in, by the way? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, so right right smack in the center. Oh, great, great, St. Louis. I love St. Louis. Actually, right now we are in the middle of... um, Candy Burris's Escape um, concert tour, and I believe we're going to be in St. Louis on Saturday night. Yes, ma'am, and yeah. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Are you going to the concert? Of course. Oh, exciting. <laughs> great, great, great. Well, I hope that this podcast might not air before the concert, but I will see about getting you some VIP passes to get in and, and hopefully meet Candy. So let's talk about that after the after the podcast. But I'm so excited. I wish I was going to be out there with you guys. Yes, I know it's going to be an amazing concert. Yeah, yeah. It's been amazing how people have been turning out for that. You know, they've been just, you know, packed houses every night. And Candy's just so amazing that she does so much and runs all of these companies and yet gets on stage and sings her heart out and does the VIP rooms. And she is really, you know, an amazing, amazing entrepreneur and an amazing woman. So... Um, I'm really excited for for her and for everyone that's getting a chance to party with Escape over the holidays. Yeah, she has a great spirit. I've been following her for years, and it's just been an amazing thing to watch her journey. She's very inspirational. She's very hard knocks, but she's definitely what I would consider the epitome of a strong feminine woman. Yes, she really that's is. That's what I love about her. Yes. yes, she keeps her. Yeah, she's yeah, that's I mean, you put it exactly. I mean, she doesn't, you know, and she's just wonderful. And she's gentle yet powerful. And I love that about her. I love the fact that she's able to really be true to who she is as a woman and still be, you know, um, 
a strong entrepreneur, a strong leader, a business person. She's just amazing, beautiful, talented. You know, she's 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 got it all. She does. She really does. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about you and your amazing self. So, um, I love um, your brief bio that you sent over. So I'm going to read that because I think it just gives a wonderful introduction to who you are. So poets are songwriters. Spoken word artists are performers. Authors are literary artists and speakers are catalyst. X-Blue Rain is the perfect combination of all four. Her poetry matches where you are. Her performances speak on those hidden things never spoken. And books give insight and direction on who you want to be. Her words don't just... Um, uh, her words just don't spoken appeal to the air, to the air, but they are solution based, emotionally driven, and written with the objective of speaking truth from the heart. She moves your frequencies and isn't shy about speaking on anything to anyone at any time. She can shape your reality into words so that you can see yourself properly. When you experience X Blue Rain, you are in an energy where you can give permission to your greatness to be, to shine, and to grow. X Blue Rain is a self-published author of twenty of twenty of two poetry books. Boy, I've got you to twenty before you got to three. So she's a published author of two poetry books, Blue Life and Blue Life 2, as well as an erotic short story book, Dark Chocolate Chronicles. She is currently working on a self-help book, From Heart to Heart, um, Every Woman to be Released in February of 2018. So welcome to the Business of Pleasure podcast, Miss X Blue Rain. Welcome so much. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Before we continue, I just want to say that um, she's got a website called X Blue Rain, which is X B L U. R-A-Y-N-E dot com. And we'll mention it again at the end of this of today's interview. But just want to get started. And again, Cynthia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Just for everybody who's listening, X Blue Rain is my artist name. Cynthia Jowers is the name that my mother and grandmother gave me. Oh, okay. I love I love them both. Now, I have to admit that I am a spoken word junkie, and I don't know if I can put you on the spot and say, is there a poem that you would like to read, a spoken word piece that you love that you might be willing to share with us? Because I love to hear spoken word. Okay. Well, being a spoken word artist, one thing we know is we always are supposed to be prepared. Right. And so uh, the uh, poem that I would do is called Dawn. And it was actually a piece that, I, that was inspired by me actually liking a guy and trying to figure out how to talk to him okay. to, get his, to get his number. Okay. It, uh, it goes, um, I asked him a question. I asked him, has a woman ever made love to him until dawn? And he looked at me confused and slightly amused and said, excuse me, Blue. I said, my apologies if I'm coming off too harshly, but I believe a God like you should be touched properly before the sun ever kisses your skin. So again, I asked, has a woman ever made love to you until dawn? 
Have you ever had your body planted with kisses with no other reason except to know if the taste of your neck is consistent with that of your inner thigh? Have you ever had your palms read with the tip of her tongue translating all of your hard work into harmonious moans and sensations that are foreign to you? Does her fingertips trace down your spine letting you know that she's got your back even when others doubt you? Can you feel her? inside of your untouched womb, I asked him. Has a woman ever made love to him until dawn? Has she sat on your throne, taking all that your kingdom has to offer, even if it hurts at first? Does the waters from her heaven heal your heart and quench your soul's thirst? Has she held you right after you've loved her all night? Because I see a man deserving a multi-experience of passionate lovemaking alongside soul communicating and baby. When things are right, we should be procreating because only when two gods come together can it truly be called creating. And he let me love him. And I saw him. And it frightened me. The man so beautiful could be holding so much in. Pain and hurt was in every place that I kissed. And the lines that he let me draw down his spine discovered old stab wounds of being betrayed, yet I felt his soul still seeking hope. Even though something in him said he was too old to believe that a woman could love him properly, considering he was rejected by the one that conceived his very being. And when he entered me, he was asking, could you love me? Really? I exhausted all of me, moans becoming prayers of hoping that he could feel me and believe me. And when the sun shined, he kissed my third eye and said, it's dawn now. So I guess this is ending. I smiled at him and said, baby, with you, dawn is never ending. So fellas, I ask, has a woman ever made love to you until dawn? Oh, I love it. I actually closed my eyes while you were reading it so I could listen to your voice and the rhythm and the beauty, just of the beauty of the pattern of the words and the rhythm. How beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you so Thank much. You. Um, my first question to you um, is that you stayed in the introduction that the book was born out of a realization that your intimate life was not complete. For others in that situation, how do you begin the conversation with your partner about your desire for more? Well, well, for me, because I'm, I'm currently, I like to say, interacting with someone, um, for me, it was basically I had to get my book. <laughs> because I was like, here, just read this right quick. Because of the fact that sometimes what I've learned with men is you can tell that we speak two different languages. So you can tell them something and they use their own translation and experiences. But sometimes you need to give them a visual or a stimulator or something that jars them in a way. So, like, with the gentleman that I'm interacting with, I handed him the book. And I've recommended other women do that with their guys because I found that more men buy this book than women by Chocolate Chronicles. And so if that doesn't work, no, you have to set up a, a non-confrontational, uh, a non-chaotic view. 
when you don't want it to be an emotional conversation. You want it to be something that is concrete and that is an, that is very uh, factual in the sense of, hey, I love you. I love what we have. This is something I want to try or this is something that I want to do. Right. And with that being your partner, you should be able to do that. What I found is that a lot of times the people that are with us are not with who we truly are, but with whom the benefit of us being in their life is. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Can you say that again? The people with who we are. What did you say? Tell me again. I said sometimes the people who we are with are not with us because of who we truly are, but are with us because of what we are to them. Yes, yes, that's so true. That is absolutely true. And and we have to own some of that because sometimes it is the public self that we are comfortable displaying that we present out and it may have nothing to do with who we really are, but who we think society you know, would better accept um, or right. who we feel comfortable. It takes a long time for us to really begin to come out from behind that and be authentic and then enter into a relationship where you can be authentic with the person you're intimate with. I mean, that's part of real intimacy. And sometimes it takes a long time in a relationship before you can let down that public guard. Definitely. What I've learned, what I do now is I go in as me. People, I meet guys, gentlemen try to approach me around their poetry events, and, you know, the first thing they do is write me a poem. That is the most unattractive thing to me and unimaginative because you met me at a poetry show and your immediate response is to give me something that I can give myself. Mm -hmm. That's how I view it. But... It's unfortunately how a lot of people are programmed to be. See, I had to, I had to get rid of definitions that didn't apply to me. When I was five years old, I was kidnapped and raped by the deacon in our church. Oh. And we, yeah, we did the whole court thing. When I was uh, 14 years old, I was full out penetrated by a gentleman who was 18. So for me, what my daughters have able to grow up with as far as the definition of sex and femininity that I've been able to give to them because they not they haven't had certain violations. I did not get that from my mother. My mother, it was very, very much into the church. And, you know, the churches tell you to pray about it. But there was no intervention. There was no conversation. So a lot of what I was feeling, one, I was feeling too early. And two, instead of somebody guiding me through it, they told me I was fast. They told me I was going to be out here prostituting. It was just all of these negative connotations. Mm -hmm. Then I get into relationships. And I realized that the only reason I had sex in the relationships that I was in was because that is what I was told you were supposed to do in a relationship. No one told me the value of my body. No one told me that my body is this beautiful instrument and and having sex appeal and femininity. So I spent literally the last, I want to say, five years of my life discovering who I am as a sexual being and creature and actually realizing that my femininity, my sexual power, my intelligence, my wisdom, all of that comes from the same source. 
and that made me no longer ashamed of it. I'm the friend that makes the lewd comments that makes everybody else uncomfortable. Mm. Because what I want you to do is stop being uncomfortable. Mm. It's really, it's, it's really, a, sex is the, the most natural thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It is natural. Every, roaches have sex, okay? Everybody does it. But what, I, what, what we've lost is the beauty of understanding who we are as women and even as men. Mm-hmm. And they've over-sexualized us and under-feminized us. And so the whole point of the book is to get you with your partner and y'all read these very sensual, very erotic, very imaginative stories. And hopefully that starts a conversation with what you like and what you want to try, what you want to do. And, you know, I I was in a relationship with a man that only wanted to do the missionary position. It lasted two years. I don't even talk to him anymore. (laughs) He can't even be my friend with that type of disrespect. Because now I know you putting that mess on another woman. No, sir. You are hysterical. Wait, let me stop you here because you just told me so much that, you know, it's I, you know, we got to pause a second. So (laughs) first of all. I love everything you said. You're just amazing. Um, And I just want to, you know, touch on the fact that you just shared something very powerful and very intimate and very private about childhood sexual abuse and assault. And I think I'm very grateful to you that you feel comfortable enough to share that with our listeners. And um, so many of us have been... Um, you know, the survivors of assault. And I think that um, for more and more powerful women, which we see in the news today, every single day I wake up, there's another story. There's another famous person who's being accused. There's so much coming out. And I know that not all of these cases may be true, but I know that probably over 90% of them are. And a lot of it is that women are really beginning to say, not so much me too in my mind, but no more. This I'm not going going to be silent anymore on this topic and I'm going to speak about it and I'm going to educate and inform the world and have people know that this stuff is still going on even today in our so-called advanced society you know you've got famous chefs and politicians and entertainers who you think wouldn't have to do this um, that are doing it and women who are beautiful and you think well boy they'd never have to be subject to something like this and they are so I I just, again, want to say um, how sorry I am that you had to experience this, how proud I am of you that you have survived it and empowered yourself to be able to speak about it. And just to thank you for putting it out there, because I think it's so important, particularly in our community. A lot happens in the church. um, And, you know, I I heard the comments about your mom, but I also know that um, for a lot of women, particularly black women in the church, and I would think white women in the church as well, 
mm-hmm. talking about sex is uncomfortable, knowing how to deal with it is uncomfortable, talking about their own sex life is un- uncomfortable, tie it to what you just ended with about the guy who only wanted to do the missionary positions. Most of these right. women are only comfortable with that, far less right. being able to talk about the fact that their young daughter has been assaulted by somebody that they should have trusted in an institution that they have trusted. So this, to me, is really, really um, powerful stuff because a lot of these women feel overwhelmed with guilt and shame and complexities that we can't even imagine, so much so that they're afraid to protect their children and they don't even know how to protect their children or even talk about it. Um, They don't even know how to talk about sex, far less sexual assault. So I just think you put so much out there, so much really powerful and rich stuff for us to think about and not blame anyone, but really how do we begin to move past this, whether we are the survivors, whether we are the mothers, um, you know, um, you know, that, yeah. And even the conversation I had with my mom, the first thing I had to tell her was this is part of my path, but it's not part of my destination. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we have to stop treating, we have to stop treating events like that as defining moments. Yeah. We have to stop giving so much weight to it. It's a serious thing. Do not get me wrong. And for years I had issues with it. But the reason I had issues with it is because the people around me spoke to it as an issue. They didn't speak to any solution. Right. And so because of that, and I think that that, I think that that anger and and that hurt and that pain, because, because you're giving the person who violated you power when you don't let it go. Right. And I know it's not necessarily easy, but I'm a living witness. And it's a day-to-day thing. I still have issues sometimes. Sometimes I still cringe when my guy friend tries to touch me. But I, I know I recognize it now as a response. And so does he. Right. And we, we move past it. And that's part of your intimacy because hopefully yes. he under he can begin to understand that there are some days where a certain touch or a smell may trigger a memory that you have no control over, but it may shut you down. It may make you sad. It may make you cringe. Um, and part of being intimate is being able to share that information and then um, be able to respond in a healthy way to it, in an empathic way to it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. The other question I had for you, but I think um, you've kind of answered it, was, and maybe there's a different answer, was there a specific event or relationship or culmination of events in your life that necessitated necessitated the birth of this book? Yeah. <laughs> so there was actually two gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. You are funny. Because um, one may think it was just him and the other may think it was just him. But no, there were two gentlemen that I encountered. And <laughs> the experiences I had with them, both in and out of the bedroom, they helped me really understand what I wanted in, as far as intimacy, but also that I, that I have a creative expression in poetry that I've always wanted to translate into my sex life. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to do some things 
with them that I had never gotten to do. I felt like a kid in a candy store. It was like dress up and toys and having uh, quickies in places that you probably shouldn't have them in because <laughs> you got caught. <laughs> 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 So it was basically like, and it wasn't on a grand scale. These weren't, these, it wasn't like, you know, these were the loves of my life or anything like that. But it was like, it was like they opened up, you know, because they encouraged it. Mm-hmm. They asked the questions. They presented the ideas. And so it was like, huh. You know, if one person did it, then that might be a food. But for a, a totally another individual, it made me go, okay, I really like that. And because I like that so much, it actually made me dial back and look at men differently as far as choosing a sexual partner. My criteria changed, you know, because now I needed to know, now I test through conversation what exactly they would or would not be comfortable with. Right, right. And it, it rose my standards. And then also the intimacy outside of the bedroom, what I needed that to be, so that way I could have confidence that I could have what I needed in the bedroom. There you go. There you go. Interesting. That's great. So it makes me, it brings me to the next question, which is a common theme in many of the stories seems to be letting go of inhibitions. And you kind of hinted on that um, just a while ago and embracing the fullness of self. Why do you think there's difficulty in being fully vulnerable? Oh, because we don't know who we are. We are, we are reflections. We we are interpretations of the information that we've taken in. But most of us are not truly who we are. And it takes time to know that. It takes life experiences, and and it also takes courage. Because my mother was is, is was a minister, and I just put out a short story sex book, basically. <laughs> those two things <laughs> those two things don't really go together you know what I mean uh-huh. at the same time my mother is who she is and, and I am who I am and unfortunately we don't live in a society that says a sexually free woman is as respected as a religiously free woman because there's an intimidation of a woman who is who is secure in who she is because that means she's not looking for a man to take care of her she's not out here looking for confirmation of her identity she's her own confirmation and for people who don't understand that they dislike it they hate on it they talk crazy about it and so i when people do that i don't even take it personally i just feel like you don't know who you are i've gotten bashed so badly, because I'm also the person that puts half-naked pictures of myself up on Facebook. Why not? <laughs> They're my pictures. <laughs> it's my body. I'm naked on the cover of my own book. <laughs> so it's like, I was going to say, I love that <laughs> photograph. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. The only reason that my whole butt isn't out is because my mom was like, could you please just tone it down a little bit? But that's me. The right. actual pictures, I'm completely out there because I, I Dorothy Dandridge is somebody that I've always admired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are strong, beautiful sisters who, whether they were truly free, I don't know. But I know what I saw was strength, freedom, and empowerment. Yes, absolutely. And that's what, I, I have two daughters. 
And, and well, I have six children total, I four boys. And people ask me all the time, um, don't you feel weird about doing this? No, because I don't want my son with a woman who doesn't know who she is, and I don't want my daughters to become women who don't know who they are. Right. And okay. sex is a part of that equation. Absolutely. Sexuality is a part of that equation. And until you accept who you are in that, that, that way, because sex determines so much. You can have a great man in your life, but if he is not good at pleasing you, that is a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. And you can have a great man who is great in bed, but if he's not an intimate, he doesn't satisfy you intimately, that is a problem. Yeah. And But if you don't know what you need, that's a problem, too. Exactly. So, Knowing what you need you know. is, I think, most important. Um, and yeah. for a lot of us, whether it's men or women, um, I mean, I think it's a current theme in your conversation. It's really about getting to know yourself, being courageous enough to know yourself, being vulnerable enough to know yourself. And until you begin to realize and come to terms with who you really are, then you can't really give fully in a relationship because, you know, you don't even know what you want and who you are. And so, you know, it takes some self-awareness and the work always begins with you. I think a lot of people hope that they're going to be saved in relationships and people blame women for that. But I think men are equally guilty. They just, you know, are sometimes more aggressive about what they want, but right. sometimes they don't know what they need. And, um, you know, women sometimes know what they need, but they don't want to speak up for what they want. So it's really about the language of sex and how we come at it and how we, you know, I think it's our own personal journeys that helps us get to that end place. Right. I agree. And maybe there is no end place. I mean, I am, you know, in my late 50s and I'm still evolving as a woman. And, um, you know, where I was at 20 or 30 or 40 or last year even is different from where I am today. I mean, I realize things about myself. I beginning to come to terms with the fact that though I have a very empowered public self, that there are slight things, you know, that I'm very sensitive, sensitive to like microaggressions or people shaming me or putting me down or underestimating my abilities, which happens almost every day. Those things make me deeply sad that right. even as a black woman, I have to continually, um, you know, reassert myself or remind people. I have a friend who says to me, you know, you almost, it almost seems, Nadine, like you have to be, with every conversation you have, you have to say to people, let me reintroduce myself. And I right. think that is so powerful because particularly for a lot of women and even more so for black women, we have to constantly reintroduce ourselves. And sometimes we just shut down and say, well, if you just think, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, just let me just sit here and let you do the whole thing. But it really is about, that journey and any therapist would say to you that's not the best approach you got to speak up and right. so it's about getting to know yourself and it takes courage and you've got to work at it every day every day yes. every day you you've got to work at pull it. out your queen or or you have to pull out your goddess or your natural yes you remember Zena warrior princess back in the day yes yes you got to pull her out baby like, all the time I, all the time I'm introducing myself exactly <laughs> back with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Absolutely. You got to pull out that warrior. You got to pull out that queen. You got to pull out. My husband says you got to be sovereign over yourself. And you really, really do. And, you know, here we are talking about sex, but we're talking really about self-actualization and how important right. it is for us, whether we're men, women, gay, straight, you know, um, it's yeah. about self-actualization, and you just have summed it up so well. I thought it would also make you laugh to know that you talked about who you are and that your mother is a minister. Well, I just want you to know, here I am hosting um, the business of pleasure and running a sex toy company, and I'm married to a minister. So, uh, <laughs> well, hallelujah. There you go. There you go. There you ain't go. Nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong. With it. <laughs> there, there you I'm go. Tell you what, I love this intera- this interaction I'm having with the gentleman now. Mm-hmm. He laughs a lot during sex. Sex is not what people put on the television show. Sometimes somebody might fall out the bed. Somebody might pass gas. Somebody might burp. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is a huge. It is an experience, and that's the thing with the book. Like different stories, I don't know with different stories come bring out different types of experiences. You have everything from S and M in there. Mm-hmm. You have uh, so I studied a lot of fetish mm-hmm. and fantasy. I asked a whole bunch of people questions. I read up on it. I found out that the same outside of two, the top ten fantasies that men and women have are pretty much the same, just in different orders. Yes. Um, I did kind of go a little bit extreme with some of the stories, but each each story has a cliffhanger. So each story, I did that intentionally because it's not just a sensual book, but it's also I want I want to I want to keep you wanting more that feeling of ooh what what's what's gonna happen next type deal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, I, I just love what you've done. I love your stories. I love what love what you've done. Um, I want to bring you to our final question for this week's um, episode. And I'd love to have you back again. But what I'd love to hear is what is next for you um, as erotic fiction? Do you have any plans on releasing another book of short stories or a full length, full length novel anytime soon? Actually, I'm, I'm promoting Dark Chocolate Chronicles now, mm-hmm. but I've already started writing the next set of stories from this book, and it's called uh, Deep Chocolate Chronicles. Okay, wonderful. So that's going to be the next book, and it's going to, because the thing about this book is when you read it, there are no names. Okay. So nobody has a name, and I did that on purpose because I want you to be able to put yourself in the story. Wow. Don't tell okay. you what these people look like. I might give you some age factors or some cultural factors or certain identifiers, but I want you to become a part of the story because then there's more enjoyment there. Right. I have, I have stories in there where they use toys. <laughs> I have some stories in there, some things that if it ever actually happened, somebody would have to call me because <sighs> I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe in myself. <laughs> but I went there. I went. I pushed my creativity and my openness as far as I could because I wanted to be able to present a quality product, but also something that sparked the imagination. 
Wow. And so, yeah, Deep, Deep Chocolate Chronicles will probably come out October of next year. That's what I'm thinking. But I definitely want to focus on Dark Chocolate Chronicles. And then I'm also working on formulating an edible body line because mm-hmm. I, I like to have play. Mm-hmm. And I also like chocolate <laughs> a lot. Right. And so I'm actually working on just a small three-piece line where people can use it, you know, in conjunction with the book, you know, with a sexy edible body powder, you know, a, a body cream, just something that adds to the je ne sais quoi of the whole thing. Because people like to use whipped cream and chocolate syrup and, you know, strawberries. I've, I've heard people use pecan rolls. It's none of my business. So... <laughs> This book has allowed me to get into people's personal business, and I have not even asked for it. I've had people send me. So there's one story. I will share this right quick about a gentleman who gets caught by his wife masturbating with the butt plug. Oh. She freaks out. Okay. She loses it. You know, she she goes through the mental, uh, oh, my God, is he gay? You know, all of the stereotypes. And so finally... And the, as the story goes on, they have a conversation. So she's like, okay, so she plans this whole sex vixen experience night, and she sends him into the shower. When he comes out, she has on a butt plug, but it's hell. And she's got on this kitty outfit, and needless to say, they have a great time. But that's the story that a lot of people call me on, like, why would you put that in the book? Well, there, men have a pleasure zone. There's a pleasure zone back there. Right. You may not know it. And so that opens up another another conversation. So it offers education as well. There's another story about a young lady who hooks up with a woman that has a, a five-inch clitoris. That is actually a possible situation. Uh, I've had people ask me, did I have a five-inch clitoris? To which I don't. None of the stories are about me. Right. None of the stories pertain to me. But I put those things in the book to start the conversation. Cause I do have a friend and she has both parts scientifically speaking. Right. And that's those types of things don't need to be sh- shamed anymore. I took all of the things that people would want to quote unquote shame people about and just be like, this is, this is part of their experience and it's not for you to judge. Right. It's not for you to judge because if whomever you love brings the best out of you, and it makes you a better person in society, I'm all for it. I don't right. care who it is. There I'm you. all for it. And that, oh. you're, you're absolutely wonderful. I just want to take an opportunity to do a um, shameless um, company uh, plug, but we do at Bedroom Candy have... Um, Two really great um, butt plugs. One's called Booty Call, and the other one is Pew Curious um, for both men and women who enjoy anal play. We've also got Step by Step, which is um, great uh, beads. They're flexible beads for anal play as well. And just so that you know, one of the things I brought out a year ago at Bedroom Candy is a chocolate body paint, and it's made with Ooh. real French chocolate. So until you develop your own line, I 
always want to encourage entrepreneurship and want to support you. But in the meantime, we have a fabulous um, French chocolate body paint that's really edible and really delicious. Um, oh, we need to talk after this. Yeah, we should talk about it. But we've got some great products that really go along with what you're saying. I'm saying she'd make a great BK consultant because we've got great products that go along um, so I have kept you on the phone long enough with this podcast, and one of the things I wanted to end with is that I'd asked you about, um, or you'd offered some story suggestions from the book, um, and some of them that you suggested was one, service with a smile, two, was perfect salesman, closet conception, movie night, and the checkup as your favorites, the ones that you would... <laughs> recommend. So again, I want to repeat them. Service with a smile, perfect salesman, closet conception, movie night, and the checkup. And so I just want to again say this has been one of the most fun interviews that I've done in a really long time. I'm excited about reading even more of your stories, and I'm excited about uh, your journey and life as it unfolds for you to watch what you're doing. I'm excited for the new books to come out. I'm excited about the one that you've got now. I love your cover. I mean, I think you're an absolutely beautiful woman, and your cover um, is wonderful. And um, <laughs> Again, please share with people how they can get a copy of your book. And if you want to close out with some spoken word, you're free to close out however you'd like. Okay. Well, first, of, of course, I want to say thank you so much for allowing me to be on the business of pleasure. I, I definitely count it an honor and a privilege to be on the podcast associated with the young lady that I've admired for her musical talent and her, her business savvy uh, for oh, throughout the years. Uh, candy, of course. Yes. And you can find me at um, xblurain.com. That's x-b-l-u-r-a-y-n-e.com. And I also just want to close it out by saying to anyone who's ever experienced any type of violations and that's stunting your ability to fully express yourself, I want you to know, one, you're not alone. Two, it's not your fault. And three, it's okay to let it go because there's a beautiful wave of energy that wants to encompass your being so that you can be the amazing, fabulous, stupendous, divine <laughs> person that you are created to be. And I'm telling you it because I lived it. And I want everybody to be blessed. Wow. That was just beautiful. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for sharing so much of yourself um, on the podcast, on the Business of Pleasure today. It really, really was an honor for me to speak with you. And I was surprised by the interview because I just, um, you know, your intimacy, your honesty, your vulnerability, your courage is just so wonderful and um, it was just an honor to have you on. I hope people go on to your website X Blue Rain and um, 
download, purchase a copy of your book. Um, and I'd love to have you back sometime. I'd love to do, maybe you can think about in the future, let's just do um, a podcast of spoken word erotic poetry. I'd love to do that. Maybe we can talk about five or six poems and you can talk about it and then read them. I think that would be oh, fascinating and yeah. very entertaining because I think people could listen to it in their cars and really enjoy it. So let's plan to do that in the new year. But again, X Blue Rain, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Business of Pleasure is brought to you by Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties. To shop with us, visit us at www.bedroomcandy.com. To join our team of consultants who own their own home-based businesses, join us online and enter the code BOP2017. That will get you a 10% discount on your starter kit. Join us today.